So good, so good, so good. What up, man? Uh, damn, you sound great, actually. Are you doing uh, something different? Mm, I am wearing uh, AirPods oh. instead of having a um, instead of having headphones plugged into the microphone. Look at oh. me with this <laughs> early 21st century technology in the year 2023. Dude, those AirPods, those things sound great. Yeah, they, they I, sound great. I had a uh, I had a pair of first generation ones. Yeah, and um, I loved them, but the actual headphones themselves stopped charging, so I would only be able to wear them. Yeah, for like thirty minutes, and then they would just shit the bed. I just oh it, damn. And I'm like, I'm never buying another pair of these. I didn't. <laughs> yeah, right. You just you don't you don't think that there's you know that they lose battery life yeah but i got a pair for my birthday so and they are sick yeah i mean they're you know i mean fuck dude apple i mean <laughs> <laughs> those motherfuckers know how to how to separate us from our money don't they, they sure the hell oh do my dude god man i get so mad at them but then i'm like damn it this works too well it, ah! works, it works so well and that, and that's the thing that um, I guess companies are realizing it now because Apple uh, is making so much money. Yeah. But ease of use yep. when it comes to technology yep. should always be the number, pardon me, should always be the number one thing. And Absolutely. Like, I, you ever had a conversation with a doctor or an engineer and they start talking and you realize they know what they're talking about yep. and they think they, you know what they're talking about, yep. but you have no fucking idea what they're talking about. Facts, 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 dude. Like that, that's like companies and Microsoft was the worst at it. Oh. They would make stuff that made sense to a small group of people, mm -hmm. but to us dummies, it didn't make sense. So you would have to, it would take, you would have to do something in four steps that Apple would reduce down to two or maybe even one step. Yep. They made it fucking idiot proof. All yep. I had to do with these new AirPods was open up the case. They found my phone. They <laughs> found my computer. And all I had to do was just, in essence, press one button and it worked perfectly. If this were something from Microsoft, I'd have to call fucking tech support. Yeah, you have to be reading instructions and shit. 100%. A phone, a friend. It, it, it's, yeah. it's, it's ridiculous, dude. Uh, it, Apple shit, shit that Apple makes it doesn't even come with instructions. <laughs> it's crazy. It's it's so plug and play. Everything is so plug and play. It's it's absolutely so for folks like us who like you know record a lot of stuff and do a lot of artsy farty stuff. You can't beat Apple, dude. No, no, can't not at all. It. You can't not at beat all. it. I fucking I love them and hate them at the same time. The proprietor. Oh, but I guess with the new phone. Uh, they are no longer allowed to use their lightning uh, cable, so everything is USB-C, which I'm fine with. Yeah, yeah. I saw that they had uh, another event yesterday, yeah. and the big takeaway was that everything now is going to be USB-C. And, and, and all that happened because, if I'm understanding and remembering correctly, it's because mm -hmm. Apple got the shit suit out of them in yep. Europe yep. because every time they come out with a new phone, mm -hmm. they'd come out with a new connector or whatever, yep. which, in essence force you to buy a new phone or force you to buy the new way to connect it. So shout out yeah. to Europe 
yeah. uh, for uh, for getting an Apple's ass and and now just making everything uniform with USB-C. Yep. I'm fine with it. The USB-C is fine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it is a pain when you have to charge something, but you can only use the Apple uh, charger. Like, yeah. no, nah, I need the Apple charger. Like, damn it. Yeah. I can't get this thing right. Yeah. All yeah. right, baby. I know you got to get going, so let's jump into this stuff. Well, I mean, hell, we're already into it. Welcome to another edition of your favorite podcast. Indeed, it is Quality Hang. I am Rod Brooks. And as always, I am joined on this podcasting adventure by my partner in crime, my homie, my ace. He is Marcus Osborne. Hi, man. How you doing? I'm all right, Daddy. I'll actually be out there, or I'll be in Sacramento next week for another wedding. Damn. Uh, you still yeah. know folks that's getting married? <laughs> Dude, yeah. 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 <laughs> I told you, I told you my, my brother is getting married. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah. And he's getting, he's locking it down. And uh, yeah, this is not inexpensive. You, the thing is. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna hear this, and I don't even care if he hears it. The thing is this: <laughs> I don't. I, I love that he's getting married. The whole nine, blah blah blah. Marriage is a great thing if you find the right person. It's actually an amazing experience. Mm-hmm. But weddings are expensive. Very. And I, as I said to him, this is your gift. I'm flying out there, right? I'm paying for that airline ticket. By the way, flying from here to to Sacramento. Ain't cheap. There, there are uh, no non-stops from no. Louis Armstrong International Airport to Sacramento no. International. They don't no. exist. No, <laughs> you are 100% correct. And on top of that, I had to get this tux. This tux is costing me 300 bucks. So Tuxedo, what? Whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa. If, wait, how many, if, how many marriages is this for this, your brother? This is, well, this, this is his first marriage. Let's say that. Uh, <laughs> okay. I got you. I got you. Okay. Still. Man, you got to wear a tux for this? Get out of here. Yeah, dude. I'm like, okay, I'm in this thing. And, okay, cool. I'm honored to be in it, et cetera. But I go to the, to the men's warehouse, and I'm like, oh, oh I got to pay for it? I thought, I thought you covered all this stuff, dude. You wasn't getting married. I'm not getting married. Why am I paying for your tux? But I guess... I guess bridesmaids have to pay for their own dresses too. Like, yeah, I, I mean, wedding, I weddings are scams. Man, <laughs> they're they're beautiful occasions. Don't get me yeah. wrong. Yeah, um, and half of them end in divorce. Those are just the stats. But yeah. again, they're beautiful occasions. Yeah. Uh, but uh, no, they're scams. <clears throat> oh my god, dude! So I'm like, yeah, dude. This is this is your gift. My presence is your gift because. <laughs> <laughs> I was not planning on dropping that this this cash for this. I wish you had told me that I was gonna to have to pay for this tux. <laughs> Goodness gracious. I, I am uh I am now my circle of friends and people that are of my age, they are either on their second marriage yeah. or their second divorce. Damn. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and my rule of thumb is you get married for the first time, hey, I'll be there and I will I will throw down some coin on your gift because it is a sacred occasion. And uh if you plan on having children, I hope your first child is a masculine child. Now, when it comes to them second weddings, oh I'll show up. <laughs> but you, I ain't you ain't fist to be like no you got to wear a tux or whatever I got enough suits <laughs> that I can rock a suit but yeah but when we start talking about multiple weddings the more yeah. weddings you have 
the less likely you will get an expensive gift from me and the less likely it is that I will show up. Like if you on your third wedding, <laughs> you on your third marriage, hey man, take your ass to the justice of the peace. Yeah. Put that shit on Facebook Live. Right. Okay. Right. You don't need to you don't need to be inviting anybody to your third wedding because clearly you ain't it's doing not it right. Take. You, you ain't, ain't doing, doing it right. right. Yeah, so miss right. me with that bullshit, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna show up with a with a, a t-shirt and some flip-flops. Right. <laughs> and, a, <laughs> and a bag Fuck of nihilators. <laughs> <laughs> Who say nihilators? <laughs> When's the last time you had a nihilator? It honestly, it's been decades, right? Um, you will find out <laughs> next time you have one. What I found out. What? They've gotten smaller. Remember how really big now and later's used to be. And I remember back in my big time now and later consumption days, or as we used to call them back in the day, nine now later. Yep. Uh, yep. But in, in, in my big nine later consumption phase, I realized that I was a smaller human being yes. than I am right now. Yes. That being said. They made nine later smaller, like the actual square of nine later is smaller. What really? a fucking disappointment! Because I forget where I was, but I ran across and they had nine later. I'm like, oh my god, I'm, this is this is the dream of ten year old little Rod B. All I wanted when I was a kid was to have enough money and enough personal autonomy to say, hey. Look, there's some nihilators. I'm going to buy them, and I'm going to eat as many of them as I want, <laughs> and mama can't say nothing about it, right? So I'm in I'm in a gas station somewhere, and I see the nihilators. I'm like, oh, this is the greatest thing in the world. Bought me a pack of nihilators. I'm like, I'm going to eat all these motherfuckers right now. I broke <laughs> open the pack, pulled out the square watermelon nihilators, because, of course, I have to keep this hilariously <laughs> and somewhat troubling stereotypically on brand. I crack open that square now and later watermelon watermelon now and later and I'm like, nah, this don't feel right. Cause it, cause <laughs> it took me all the way back to again being a kid, just the the tactile feeling of having it in my yeah. hand yeah, and yeah. I, between my, my, my index finger and my thumb before I put it in my mouth. I did that thousands of times. But my my sense memory came back when I was holding it and I'm like, nah man, this don't feel right. That's it was funny. smaller. And it broke my heart, man. Is it smaller because you were because you were small? Because no, you're no, bigger? No, the smaller. The smaller. Right. It's just Damn. I could I could feel it. It's just the smaller. They used to be they they used to be thicker. They used to be thicker, is what it was. What they turn the, them into um what do you call uh what do they turn them into um that other candy that's soft in the Starburst? I'm, they're not as small like the 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 the, the square area. <laughs> it's it's not as small. It's it's the same size. It's just not as thick. Uh... I can just I, I can just tell that it just wasn't as thick. And you know, and this is something actually that's been happening uh, to various consumer products, food, yeah. um, over the last couple of decades or so, where yep. the packaging is getting smaller. Yep. Um, and the actual product itself is getting smaller because oh, these, these companies, these corporations have figured out if you make it smaller, you can ship more yep. for less. And the yep. consumer 
is either going to be none the wiser or they will eventually figure it out. But they love the product so much, yep. it's not going to stop them from buying them. How mad have I gotten when I've gotten a big – and I do this to myself constantly. I'll buy a big old bag of chips, and I open mm-hmm. that thing up, there and you it's go. nothing. It's like more than 50% of the bag is air, and I'm There pissed. you go. There you go. Hey, man, yeah. let me tell you something. Uh, the Frito-Lay Corporation has been running a scam on the, yeah. on, on, the, on the world at large for decades, filling up them goddamn potato chip bags with more air than actual potato chip. Man, it's so mad. I, I, I would love to talk to you, like, why do y'all do this? Is it simply because, like, maybe there's an explanation. Maybe it ships easier. Maybe they don't break or something because there's more space for the chips to roll around in the bag. I don't know, but I know it pisses me off. Well, it's I, to answer your questions, yes, but also, <laughs> why does the dog lick itself? <laughs> because it can't. Why, right. why, why do they, you know, why do the potato chip companies, why do they, why are they able to get away with it? Why do they do it? Because they absolutely can't. Mm. This is why, but here's the life hack. You notice, don't do that with Pringles. No. Because Pringles, or as I like to call them, Pringles, yes, come, in a, uh, come in a can. Hey, man, Pringles been holding us down since the late 70s. We need to respect <laughs> Pringles in this potato chip game. Everybody want to talk about yep. Lay's and Fritos and Doritos yep. and, and Funyuns, and we can keep going on down yep. the list. Yep. Pringles ain't never faked the funk on you. Ever and, and low-key Pringles are my favorite chip. I get some barbecue Pringles and I get them in that, get them in that can and stacked all the way to the top, man. <laughs> I'm golden, baby. Speak I'm on golden. it, baby. <laughs> I know what the name of my new mixtape is gonna be. Watermelon nine laters and barbecue Pringles. <laughs> My, my wife was not down with Pringles or or sweet tea up until I came along, and now she buys like sweet tea by the six pack, and she and she fucks with those b- b- uh, barbecue Pringles, baby. Man, sweet tea, boy, do I miss sweet tea? <laughs> yeah, holy man. shit, do I miss sweet tea? <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's it so is. good. It's addicting as shit. Oh my uh, god. Uh, you know they they uh, captured a killer, Rod. Who that? Danilo Cavalcante. Dude escaped to jail a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I don't know if you've seen the video footage of this, but he basically turned his ass into Spider Man. Crab walked up the building like he was uh, what is it, parquet? Uh, parkour, parkour, <laughs> parkour. No, that's, that's margarine. Oh, that's the butter. Yeah. <laughs> or it's it's also the type of floor used uh, at Boston, yeah, Celtics, at Boston home Celtics. Games. But anyway, uh, yes, parkour. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what he did. Your boy was he crawled, he crab walked up the wall and over the ran over the roof, jumped over a, a fence that had razor blades and mm-hmm. got out. Uh huh. And then, not only did he do that, once he got out of the jail, he beat the perimeter. They lo- they had the perimeter locked down. He beat that, too. And then your boy was on the run for two, three weeks all around the state of Pennsylvania. And he had planned to get out. He had planned to get to Canada. But they caught him. <clears throat> now, here's the thing. This dude 
was five feet tall. I don't know why that part of this story is so fascinating to me. But he's a five foot tall murderer. And he murdered his girlfriend. He stabbed her 38 times, Rod. Damn. So clearly this cat is dangerous as shit. But he's five feet tall. What are we doing? Well, it's I knew by virtue of his name that he wasn't a brother. <laughs> yep. But when you start talking about him scaling the walls and and, and doing parkour to get out, <laughs> and then he actually escaped from jail, I'm like, oh yeah, it, it, Lord knows that this is not a uh, this is not a black man. Um, man, you don't hear about too many too many jail escapes. Yeah. You know, that, that's if you get the chance to find the video of him actually getting out of the jail, it's amazing. Oh, there's actual oh, footage. They, they got him in four. They got him in four K breaking out the joint. Four four K in color, scaling <laughs> the wall, and I'm like, this. I mean, bruh, you did that. It's what I. It's like I always say when I if if, if I was ever the uh, working at like a Walmart or something like that, and somebody came in shoplifting. And then they got out with it. I ain't gonna be the one chasing them. I'm like, you got no. out, you won. No. That's what yeah, I feel yeah, about you this dude. <laughs> you did it. Like, <laughs> you get out, dude. I'm gonna give you points for getting out, but you got to get your ass back in jail because you're dangerous. I mean, well, if they got him on tape uh, escaping jail, um, couldn't they have apprehended him then? Well, that's the thing. He was so he he was so sly. He got out. He, he, he hopped the fence, and then they set up the perimeter to keep him from getting out, and he got past that too. Nah, well, you know what I'm what I'm gonna say. If he was black, they'd have shot him on sight. <laughs> oh, they yeah, they caught him. He had a little blood in his forehead, but he is all right. No, no, no. He's I'm right. saying if he was black, as soon oh. as he would have put his hand on the wall to try and steal it, <laughs> it'd have been. <laughs> Stop or we'll shoot. Well, damn it, y'all just shot him. What? what? They, it's weird, but like, why, why was this dude in a space, when you look at it, it, it looks like a high school playground. Like, wait a minute, how is this dude able to, like, nobody's watching this cat. Well, I mean, considering that he stabbed his girlfriend 30 plus times, you would think that he'd be in a place that had just a little bit more security. Because uh, clearly, what I'm saying. When, when you commit that type of a heinous crime you are a danger to society yes. just saying and, and one of my favorite episodes from this whole ordeal because i you know your boys follows this shit <laughs> he he what are they, we we talk about you and i talk about guns all the time on here gun control etc cetera, etc cetera, and people are i need these guns to defend my house and if somebody mm -hmm. well guess what your boy did he broke into somebody's house and took the guns and got and got into a little shootout because he took this person's rifle. Of course, he broke into the house, st grabbed the rifle. The other person came out, shot at him six times. Sure. Didn't hit him once. Didn't hit him once. <laughs> <laughs> didn't hit him one time. <laughs> a legitimate lack of gun control. <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. Like, wait a minute. Your boy has multiple weapons in his house and can't shoot a fucking lick. Don't know how to use nan one of them. Oh, oh my god! Oh, the irony! It's delicious. <laughs> it's one of my favorite stories of the week. All them guns and you couldn't hit water if you <laughs> fell out of a boat. 
Now, part of the reason may be because, again, dude is five feet. I'm not height shaming. <laughs> so they, they missed him because they couldn't see him. Is that, is, is that the deal? I'm just saying, maybe when your boy is doing his target practice, <laughs> <laughs> he was aiming for someone who was but average listen, height. Yeah, average height, five nine. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> Lower that gun barrel. <laughs> About eight and a half inches, and yeah, maybe you'll hit something. Dude is the height of a sixth grader, and that may not have been what he was trying to shoot. <laughs> uh, Where did that take place? What? What? This is Pennsylvania, this baby. Oh, of course, yeah, Pennsylvania. Hey, quiet is kept because yeah. uh, Florida gets all the headlines because florida is just fucking wild and yeah california and texas and new york are are heavily populated states with Mm -hmm. giant metropolitan cities at uh, at its core yeah but quiet is kept pennsylvania once you get outside of philadelphia Mm -hmm. pennsylvania is fucking wild dog dude it 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 is it is Messed out. It is country. It is poor. Pennsylvania is. Woo, man, hey, I, I would rather be dropped off. And I mean this in all seriousness. I, I've traveled this country for the past twenty-five years. Yeah. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Yeah. I, I'm speaking from experience. Yeah. I would rather you drop me off in the middle. Of Alabama or Mississippi, <laughs> then you drop me. Off. I'm not bullshit, Marcus. I believe you I drop believe me it. off in the middle of Pennsylvania. I could, I could get around Alabama and Mississippi, right? right. Mainly because you know, mainly because it, it's the devil I know. And it's because yep. there's black people there. Yep. In the middle of Pennsylvania, woo! Ain't no Negroes, bro. No Lord, and it, I'm none. telling you, man, it, it's, it's. It ain't quaint. It ain't nope. cute. It is fucking scary. Yeah, you got you got Philly and you got Pittsburgh, and then that's the and only place you need to be. There's a lot in between. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, man. Yeah, yeah. We New know Pennsylvania ain't no joke, dog. Yes, sir. Yes, Ooh. sir. That's how uh, I feel the same way about uh, Missouri. Yeah, that's uh, another spot. Yeah. Ooh, we. Yeah, like man. A- Sorry, Missouri, you're a trash state. I yeah, hate to yeah. say that, but it's true. There's nothing there. And it, it's, it, there's St. Louis on one side, you know, yep. in the, in the eastern portion of Missouri, and then there's mm-hmm. Kansas City on the west. That's and it. in the middle of Missouri is a lot of Missouri. Uh, it's a lot of billboards with fetuses on them. <laughs> 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 and they're not birth announcements. It's, trust no, me. No, they are not. <laughs> not uh, one day all. we'll have. One day we'll have to do a show where we just talk about our experiences in different states. Because I'm one of these people who believes that if you're in America, you should see the country. Mm-hmm. Because there are so many amazing places in the United States of America. People don't yes. realize how people don't realize how large this country is. This mm-hmm. is a gigantic country. And each you know this, each state is like its own mini country. And yep. then within that state, there are these other little mini countries inside these states. It's such a unique place. Well, California is a perfect example of that Absolutely. because when, when when people outside of California think of California, you think of 
two places in order. You think of L.A. and then you think of San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And, and naturally, because these <laughs> L.A. and San Francisco are two world-class uh, cities and destinations. It's, it's where people yep. dream of going. Still, to this day, yep. people flock to uh, uh, Southern California and Northern California, L.A. and San Francisco. Yep. But let me tell you something. Once you get outside Bad. of L.A. and San Francisco, California gets to be very rural. Oh, and boy. It gets to be very red in terms of, uh, of, of Republicanism. I don't yep. know why I made it an ism, but it works. And it's not all, as Ice Cube said in my summer vacation, <laughs> L.A. ain't all surf and sun. Um, this state, it, because this, the population, the vast majority of the population in California is in the Southern California and the L.A. Basin. The cities, yeah. And in San Francisco. Um, so this, this California is dominated by the two cities, yep. but it's a big state. And once yeah. you get outside of the major metropolitan areas, it, it becomes, you, <laughs> it, it looks a lot like Missouri. Yes, sir. <laughs> right. Right. I have been preaching this for decades to people because I said, listen, y'all think California is this blue state and it does go blue, but let's be clear. You have the Bay area and then you have the LA area. And mm-hmm. even a and even a big chunk of LA is red, but once yep. you get outside of those two parts of the of the state, yep, it's a lot of MAGA country, buddy. I, I've seen I've seen Confederate flags in California. Oh, absolutely, dude! Confederate flags out every Menlo Park. It's like it's there everywhere. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. And, and and they're not being flown ironically. They're being no. flown on no. purpose and yep. to send and to send a message. You know, Illinois. Is dominated by Chicago. Yep. You get outside of Chicago, Illinois looks a lot like Missouri, which yep. borders Illinois. Yep. Ohio, you get outside of Cleveland and Cincinnati and Columbus, the, the state capital College. and where Ohio yep. State is. Yeah. It, it's Ohio looks a whole lot like Pennsylvania, which, yep. well, borders Pennsylvania. And don't forget Kentucky because Cincinnati. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, listen, yeah, Cincinnati dude. Cincinnati is nothing but North Kentucky. You cross yeah. the Ohio River and you are in fucking Kentucky, and you can see downtown yep. Cincinnati from Kentucky. Oh, speaking of, well, not Kentucky, but speaking of uh, the Cincinnati? rural South. Oh, well, no. the rural South. Yeah, your boy Tim Scott. Wow, Republican senator and go. quote black man <laughs> is uh, finding out that they don't love you like that. Exactly, and they don't love you like that. Uh, Tim Scott, aka Mushmouth from <laughs> the old Fat Albert cartoons, Google it, and you will see a striking resemblance between. Tim Scott and Mushmouth. Tim Scott uh, is is finding out that when it comes to if the Republicans are really down with you, they will find reasons to not be down with you if you don't fit the description. Now, Tim Scott, who I I believe is in his early to mid 50s. Yeah. Tim Scott has never been married. Mm-mm. Okay. Nothing wrong with that. Nope. 
Tim Scott has never been seen with a significant other of the female gender. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. Who gives a shit? You yeah. know who gives a shit? Conservative Republicans in the states of South Carolina. Yes, uh They are asking the question as to, wait a minute, how come <laughs> Tim Scott ain't got no bitches? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Where your hoes at? <laughs> Maybe they're not using that terminology, but that's the question that they're asking. And it is uh, not Mushmouth off of his axis. Yeah. And Tim Scott is basically saying, oh, I got a girlfriend. Y'all just ain't never seen her. Yeah. And Ever. When pressed on the question, Tim Scott says, well, you will meet her soon enough. I don't want, I, I've, I've kept her out of uh, the, the public spotlight uh -huh. as a junior senator of state of south carolina to protect mm -hmm. her privacy anyway this all smells like bullshit i don't yeah. know if tim scott is gay i don't care if tim scott is gay i don't like tim scott because of who he works for the republican party and what he represents yeah but i'm not gonna hate on him if he is gay or if he, I, I i simply do not care do right. i find it funny that the Republican Party in South Carolina and, and really the National Republican Party, they're mm -hmm. dragging his ass because they smell a rat and they think that rat is gay. Do I think it's funny? Absolutely. Yes. And yes. to hear him just stumble and fumble, you know, when repeatedly pressed on why he's not married or, or why he doesn't have a girlfriend or if he yeah. does have a girlfriend, why haven't we seen her? It's fucking hilarious. Just what... He put out one statement where he said, Tim Scott, that he lost his virginity between <laughs> between the age of 30 and 46. Get out of here. Let's back that up for a second because there's Get a lot here. to unpack here. Um, Get out. Losing your virginity at the age of, and I'll just start, at the low one, at the age of 30, is wild. Man. All right? But, hey, man, listen. Okay, whatever. But to to give a 16-year time frame man. <laughs> publicly of when you lost your virginity is some wild-ass shit. Who let me tell the you hell? Right now, I lost my virginity. A long, long, <laughs> long time ago. Yeah. But I can tell you, I don't, I, dog, I don't remember what I had for breakfast this morning. But I could, and I'm not going to on this podcast, but I could, <laughs> if I needed to, I could provide you the most minute details of my first sexual. Dog, I can tell you what was on television yep. when I had my first sexual experience. Yep. yep. To give a 16-year fucking time frame of I lost my virginity between the age of 30 and 46, that's the wildest shit I've Man. ever heard, and I'm not being hyperbolic about it. <laughs> that's fucking crazy. Rod, I never heard that story about him. <laughs> 30 and 40. Are you kidding me? If he had just said, I lost my virginity at 38 years old, be like, all right. That's kind of weird, but 
Okay. Or or he could have just said, "Listen, that's some personal shit. I don't need to tell you when I lost my virginity." Right. No, ex- exactly. You one hundred percent. But if you're going to give up the information, oh my and God. you give a sixteen, you you lost it between the age of thirty and forty six. Oh my God. That's the why that time frame. God. Why sixteen years? Why thirty to forty six? Why not eighteen? To thirty six, man, that's crazy. I am, I it is rare, but I am stunned into silence. This is <laughs> like I remember, I remember, right? Not only do I remember the first time, I remember the attempts at the first time, before ever, or before I even got to the actual like penetration part. Oh, like, I, I, I remember. I remember all the missed field goals before yeah. I found that one through. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I, hey, hey, dog. Hey, hey. I remember all the doinks off the post and and all the misses wide left oh and wide right. I remember all of them. That's but when hilarious. I, when That's I finally leg. nailed that 38-yarder, when that, when that motherfucker finally sailed through the uprights, Easily one of the happiest days of my yeah. life. <laughs> God damn it. God he damn gave it. a 16-year time frame. That's crazy. Oh my God. I guess I'm, I'm starting to feel I'm starting to feel a little more empathy for this dude. No, nah, fuck that, that guy. No, this no, is no, insane. No, 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 no. That's what we can't do. Again. This is insane. I, 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 I'm just I'm just speaking just strictly as a guy. You <laughs> No, 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 no. But see, no, no. But that, that's what you—that's what you get. <laughs> fucking with the Republican Party because this is, and this is something oh we talked God. about. And this is not a white or black thing. This is, this is, this is a disgusting, craven desire for power thing. Oh and it's, my God! And, and and this happens in the Democrat Democratic Party too. But mm-hmm. I'm speaking specifically of Republicans because they're the most dangerous ones. Is that these assholes like Tim Scott? Like like the dude in Kentucky, Daniel Cameron, yeah. uh, uh, like Nikki Haley, all of the uh, uh, Larry Elder out here. Vivek Ramswamy, whatever the hell his name. All of these people of color, be they of South Asian descent, yes. be they black, be they Hispanic, and 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 also you know gay people, log yep. cabin Republicans. Yes, they 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 are willing to overlook the racist, the recent racist history of the Republican Party and their treatment mm-hmm. of people of color and their yeah. treatment of women and their treatment of other minorities, they are willing to overlook that because they want to be adjacent to that power because yeah. they want to be a part of the ruling class. And these are the worst kinds of sellouts yeah. you will ever, ever find. Fucking so fact. Tim Scott is fucking around and he's finding out. Oh, yes. I want to be president. I'm going to run. I'm going to have the backing of the Republican Party. You're only going to get that. You got to be a full ass sellout like Clarence Thomas. Oh, then man. they'll leave you alone. Yeah. But you're Tim Scott. You, 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 you ain't that dude. They yeah. don't love you like that. You're yeah. not that important. So you think, well, of course they're going to back me as a black man running for president. You know, I've done what they wanted me to do as the junior senator of, of South Carolina. Well, now they're going to back me. They only going to back you so much, dog, because they don't love you like that. Because ultimately what it comes down to, you are still 
not worthy to them. You yep. are still a black person to them. And when they find something that they can can really hold on to to discredit you, yep. like they're doing with this this girlfriend marriage thing, whatever you want to call it, they will rip your ass to shreds. I don't feel sorry for you. That's what you get. I, you, I, don't, I don't I don't care if he's gay. I don't know if he I don't I don't maybe he just don't like bitches. Maybe he ain't gay. Maybe could he be just asexual. don't like women. I yeah. don't, he could be. Right. I don't care. What I care about is that you got in bed with these people who are actively doing harm to people like mm -hmm. you. Yep. And yep. you are finding out, Tim Scott, that they don't love you. And you know what? That's your own fucking fault. Yeah, they don't love you. They just they're using you because they think that other Negroes will follow you just because you are the same hue. But what exactly. do we say? All skin folk ain't kin folk, man. And Speak on it. Tim, Tim Scott has put himself in a position. The irony is that this cat is in South Carolina, the same state uh -huh. that Lindsey Graham is in. The senior senator from South Carolina. Same exact situation, but you know, but, never but is question the, Thank you. Thank never. you. Lindsey Scott. <laughs> no, nah, because I'm, I'm not going to go that way. <laughs> but but again, we're talking about this situation. Uh, Lindsey Graham, pardon me, talking about this situation with Tim Scott. Yep. Lindsey Graham, mm -hmm. unmarried. Yep. Okay. You you never see Lindsey Graham with with a woman. Doesn't have a girlfriend. You just you, you don't see any of that. Giving off the same vibe that Tim Scott is giving off. Yep. Yet Lindsey Graham gets to skate on that. He gets yep. to skate on the exact same thing. Yep. That they are ripping Tim Scott to shreds, shreds for. Marcus, why do you think there's a difference between the treatment of Lindsey Graham oh, and the man. treatment of Tim Scott? You why do you think there's a difference? Hmm, it's because you you're know. black, dog. You already know. I, I, this actually, exactly what you said, I actually posted it on my, my Twitter feed the other day. As Tim Scott is finding out, they don't love you like that, to quote Draymond Green. They don't, they don't love, love you like that. that. <laughs> they don't love you like that. When, they, when, when Draymond told Paul Pierce, you yep. ain't Kobe, they don't love you like that. <laughs> Ooh, that's a burn. That, that, Ooh, that was, hey, man. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I switched up my face and said, oh, wee. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, I have been critical of Draymond Green on a variety Ooh, of things, wee. but that right there, that was a bar. That was, <laughs> that was a bar. <laughs> and and Paul, it is so funny because Paul Pierce was talking that entire game until that moment. He ain't say another thing. Paul Pierce ain't been right since. <laughs> you think I'm bullshitting? No, you ain't. You think I'm bullshitting, Paul Pierce? When Draymond dropped that on Ooh, him, it has been a downward spiral for Paul Pierce ever they since. They don't then. love that's, that's one of my one of my favorite quotes ever since then. They don't love you like that. You ain't getting no no goodbye tour. Nope. They don't love you. <laughs> oh, nope. <my> God, he <laughs> when you think you are more important than than how they perceive you. Yep. And then when you are faced with that reality that now nah, you really ain't, that 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 burns your soul right there. What why is Paul Pierce so hateful of Dwayne Wade? Uh, it's jealousy, man. You know how it is. But, but, but just why Wade specifically? Because Dwayne Wade is the third best shooting guard in the history of the NBA behind period, period. Mike J, behind period. Kobe. 
Yeah. There's, there's Dwayne Wade. Paul Pierce would, especially as an L.A. guy, Paul Pierce is where he's from. Yeah. He would like to be slotted in there right behind Kobe, <laughs> who is, I, I, I think, the most beloved and iconic. You know, we talked about Kobe before and how his mm-hmm. death has, 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 you know, granted him almost sainthood in sports. Oh, yeah. But I, I, I think Kobe is the, the, the most loved athlete in the history of Los Angeles sports. Yeah, I, very well I, could I, be. I really believe that. Very well could be. I, I still think Magic is, is right there. Oh, no, no, no. I, I know that. I'm just saying I, I think, I, I think again, Kobe's death has that death something to what, do with it. Yeah. But um, Kobe, man, Kobe just on a molecular level just, just spoke to L.A., yeah. Um, you know, in a way that 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 Kareem didn't, that mm-hmm. that Steve Carvey could never. No. Um, and in in a way that Magic did, but Kobe just it it, it was death? just different. Yeah, that no, death. yeah, yeah, yeah. The death too. So my thing with Paul Pierce is as an LA guy, he would love nothing more than to be in that group and be slotted right behind Kobe, an LA sports icon. Well, Dwayne Wade made that not possible. I think that's a big reason why, you know, something similar. I think that's why Isaiah Thomas hates Michael Jordan. Mm. Isaiah Thomas is from Chicago, born, raised, bred Chicago basketball legend, even though he didn't play college or pro ball in Chicago or Illinois. But Mike J comes in. Mike's the greatest of all time. You know, clearly Mike is the 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 biggest icon in the history of Chicago sports. Yeah, that burns Isaiah Thomas. Well, the fuck also up. they've got some personal beef too. They, I know, no, no, I yeah, I know yeah, that, but yeah. I think, but but that, but that you know you that All Star Game shit, yeah. that 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 Dream Team shit, you know that that Pistons bull uh, Pistons Bulls, you know those head knocking playoff games and series and not shaking hands after the Pistons were finally beat by the Bulls. You can put that shit aside. Yeah. But to the core, when a motherfucker goes to your town mm-hmm. and takes over your town and you tried everything you could to stop him from doing that on the court, that's good. That's going to be the last thing Isaiah Thomas thinks about before the Lord calls him home. You know, you speak of uh, athletes who represent a town. Is there any athlete who represents where they're from more than Marshawn Lynch? No, man, he Oakland to the core. I I have never, ever seen an athlete more identifiable with their hometown than that dude. Unapologetically Oakland. You could hear you hear him talk and you know right away where he's from. Like period. Hundred percent. Sometimes you get, where's that dude from? You know, you hear, I wonder where that guy's from. Or he, he he's from the south. You can hear an accent, but you hear Marshawn talk. You know, that dude. That's Oakland. That's town biz right there. Yes, sir. I love yes, him sir. for it. He's got a movie out called Bottoms, and uh, I'm, everybody tells me that it's hilarious and that he's amazing in it. And uh, apparently, just to give you a little background, it's basically. Uh, the story of these two women who uh, start a fight club. And their women are gay, and they start this club, et cetera, et cetera. And comedy ensues. But Marshawn apparently uh, took the role because it was sort of a way to make up for how he treated his sister when she came out. Really? Yeah, he said that his sister came out when she was 16, and Marshawn said, 
I didn't handle it well. I was not good to her. I treated her. I really didn't treat her well. And I had to grow up and learn, you know, to kind of understand that this is just the way people are and et cetera, et cetera. Like, yeah, so this is me continuing that apology to my sister. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I, 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 I didn't know any of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I didn't know about the movie. Um, and obviously didn't know about the backstory of, of Marshawn's involvement. I'm, well, I mean, it's just, that's another, that's another reason why that guy is so likable. Yeah. Because it's, uh, because he is from Oakland. It's all real. It's organic. Yeah. It's genuine. He's not, he's not putting on sort of an Oakland, uh, uh, front. At, at all. That that's just who he is. There, there he's he's funny. He is relatable, mm-hmm. but there is an amazing amount <clears throat> of self awareness that Marshawn Lynch possesses, and it is obvious and evident anytime he 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 does anything, whether yeah. it's you know for for laughs or or what have you, and and you know for for him to actually grow. And then show that growth and talk about that growth. I, it, it, again, I, I, I mean, unless you're, you know, one of those guys from the New Orleans Saints that Marshawn Lynch ran through, <laughs> you know, when, if on, on that Beast Quake run in, in that playoff game back in the day. Never stop watching know, that. Any, it was because it's, it's one of the greatest plays in the history of the NFL. Yes, sir. I, I, I don't know of anyone who does not like Marshawn Lynch and, and like I said you know he's he's always out there for the good times mm-hmm. he's always out there for the laughs but you know and thinking about what you just said and his personal growth and journey and how he wanted to do right by mm-hmm. his sister you know I think about you know there was a, a a couple of times back in the day this was around not back in the day this was around um, the pandemic when people were struggling with mental health yeah you know Marshawn Lynch said I'm paraphrasing here you know he wanted to make sure that that he was talking to guys, former players or yeah. what have you, and helping him out. You know, and he said it in a typical Marshawn waves, like, you know, take care of your mentals, mm-hmm. take care of your chicken, you know, yep. take care of your, your, your mental health and take care of, uh, of your money. Yep. He did it and said it in a Marshawn Lynch way where there was some humor behind it, but there was genuine care mm-hmm. and concern. And, and, uh, you know, like, like I said, that, that, that comes through, I know to me, and I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one that gets, you know the, those those always good vibes from Marshawn Lynch. Yeah, I, I, everything about that dude I love, and every and he's doing so much film and television now. Uh, he mm-hmm. he is hilarious. God damn, he is funny. I don't even think people. He's gonna have to have his own like buddy cop movie or something like that one day because this dude. Every time I see him in some, I just bust out laughing. He doesn't even try have to try to be funny. You know how it was when you first saw Eddie Murphy or Richard Pryor come up to the show, and as soon as you saw him, 100%. you just start laughing. I, I I think that is the hallmark of someone being just undeniably funny. Mm-hmm. When you see a person's face and you just fucking start laughing. Tracy Morgan is that way for me. <laughs> uh, Mike Epps. Mike Epps. Is that way for you. I look at Mike Epps and I'm just like, this boy a fool. Because I know he's he about to say something funny. And I, I just, I, I think... When someone just looks funny, yep. and I don't mean like Tim Scott I know, looks funny. <laughs> I know what you mean. And I mean he looks funny. 
because he looks like Mushmouth from the old. <laughs> Google that shit. He looks just like Mushmouth from the old Fat Albert cartoons. But <laughs> when when someone just looks funny, like Lucia Ball, mm-hmm. you just you see Lucia Ball, and I know she's been dead for God knows how long, but you see Lucia Ball, like she just makes you laugh. Like that. Dude, that's, yeah. That's a gift from God. Yeah. Yeah. I. I. It's. It's a. It is an actual talent. You know who used to make me laugh like that? Mr. Furley on Three's Company. That dude. Oh, Don Knotts. Oh, oh yeah, man. man. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> he didn't have to say a word. He would just have to walk into the words. room. <laughs> <laughs> That's a comedic gift. Yeah, it dude. absolutely is. Yeah. It absolutely is. Yeah, I thought that was a really cool story and some really uh, insight. Marshawn is not a dummy. He's nobody's no. fool. And no. And – He's got that talent attitude where he don't really suffer fools lightly. Like, don't come into his space trying to act a fool. I had a couple of good experiences with him, too, man. He, When I was running the punchline, he came to a couple of Chappelle shows. He brought his whole crew. They took up all the space, obviously. <laughs> sure. But he was just, like, chill, relaxed, told a few jokes, Wasn't uh, was not high maintenance at all, as some folks who are quote-unquote celebrities who come into a situation like that are. Like, he said, no, no, boss, I'm cool. I don't need much. Just I, If you just let me get some water, and I'll just take a little space over there. If you need me to stand, I'll stand. It's not a thing. I'm like, yeah, that's cool, dude. That's real cool. No, man, just a, just a genuine person, just a uh, just a good person. Shut up, Siri. I don't want to talk to you right now. What are you doing that for? <laughs> we can't, we can't, um, we can't get out of here without talking about some football. Transitioning into football, um, would we like to overreact after, <laughs> as we record this episode of Quality Hang on Tuesday morning, September 14th? Would we like to overreact after week one of a 17-week NFL regular season? Mm. Your Raiders look good? Eh, did they? <laughs> well, they won. Did they? It's a step in the right direction. I mean, they are the Raiders. Let's say they let's, won. Hey, Marcus, let's celebrate the small victories dude. when it comes to the Raiders, shall we? These dudes, uh, I like. Nah, these. They, I'm sorry, they beat the Broncos, <laughs> and maybe at, maybe by the end of the year, beating the Broncos will have turned out to be a thing. But I, I nah, nah. Well, I mean, but but see, but see, I think you should give your Raiders credit because they actually beat the opposing team. We've seen the Raiders beat themselves more over the past 25 years than beat the opposition. Right. I'm trying to help you out. I'm not giving these cats any credit. I get. I ain't giving them no credit. These. I ain't giving these bums any credit. Fuck that, dude. These these dudes have been trash for the last 20 years, and they they've had the worst defense in the NFL for 20 plus years. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter who quarterback. They could actually put Aaron Rodgers with a bionic Achilles back there. And these motherfuckers will still lose a game 29 to 30. They're trash. And, uh, and it's going to be the right. same this year. Well, I'll move on to your favorite <laughs> NFC team, the Saints. I'm telling you, man, that defense is going to be good. Now, you're going to have to deal with Derek Carr, who I, I guess is following you and torturing you. No, I, uh, I, have, I have no problem with that game. I had no problem with okay. No problem right. with the Saints. That Saints, that Saints defense is going to be good. <laughs> I, Dennis Allen is going to have that crew. Let me, let me tell you something. That that Saints offensive line is not amazing. Uh, no, no. <laughs> and that one kid. They're not alone. Offensive line play in this league is, oh. is not on the level it needs to be. Well, one of the things that happened during the game, I don't know if you had a chance to watch it, but this kid, like Derek Carr is basically running for his life every, every play. And this is why I don't like Dennis Allen, former head coach of the Raiders. He's not 
a guy who makes adjustments quickly. So during the game, this cat pinning was getting dusted on the offensive line. Left tackle. Just getting dusted. And every time Derek Carr would go back to snap, this dude was up in his face. And they, mm-hmm. and they wouldn't get him help. And the and uh, even the announcers were, I don't know why they're not – this game is going to be over. Derek Carr is going to get hurt if they don't get somebody out here to help this dude. So they waited until the second half of the game to basically send a running back or a tight end to chip whoever was – whoever this guy was guarding. I mean, it's it was ins- – this is the type of shit that bugs me with NFL coaches. Some of them get so locked into doing things the way they want to do. Yeah. They don't want to make the adjustments because, no, that messes with my system, blah, blah. No, fuck that, dude. Your quarterback needs to be protected, period, point blank. Yeah, they, they will have uh, an ideology or they will have a specific game plan mm-hmm. for that contest. And if they have to adjust uh, that game plan or, or do something that runs counter to that game plan, they spend all week yep. um, uh, installing, they will be very slow and hesitant to do that. So, yeah, I mean, that, that, that is a, a common fault between uh, amongst uh, uh, certain coaches. Dennis Allen is also a defensive coach, too. Yes, so I, yes. I, not, not, not that he could not tell. Uh, if uh, uh, an uh, offensive tackle needs some help and oh, it was bad. couldn't figure out how to get him some help, but I, I, I would think that his sort of, you know, lean to the defensive side of the ball, maybe that just wasn't a priority for him, <laughs> or he didn't see, or he didn't see it as a problem, or that big of a problem to warrant and necessitate the 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 obvious. Uh, Fixed to that problem, yeah. which is you know getting that tackle some some help. Some, well, you know one of the things I think is really hurting. This really hurt the uh, initial play at the start of the NFL season. The past few years is so few starters play in the preseason, and I think that there is a need if you want to get up to a decent start, particularly if you've got new players or new quarterbacks coming mm-hmm. to your team or a new offensive lineman on your team. You need to get in there and get those reps together, man. You got to do it. Yeah, but here's here's my counter to that, and I, I saw this play out. Mike Tomlin said during the preseason, head coach of the Steelers, when yeah. asked why is he playing his starters in the preseason, which is, as you mentioned, is something that teams are, are reluctant to do nowadays. Yeah. Mike Tomlin said, and I'm paraphrasing here, he said it's hard to go into a, a fight into a boxing match if you haven't sparred. Mm -hmm. So his thing is, I can't get ready for the regular season if these dudes are not playing in these preseason games. The Pittsburgh Steelers at home got peter-rolled by the San Francisco 49ers 30-7, to and the final score does not indicate how lopsided of a victory that was for the San Francisco 49ers. Now, Now, clearly, the Niners... Are, are coming off an NFC Championship game appearance. They are a machine at this point. They are. Uh, uh, There's nothing one new of the there. Favorites they didn't have to learn to go anything. to they... the Super Bowl. Yeah, but my, so clearly the Niners are a better team than yeah. the Pittsburgh Steelers. But the Steelers played in the preseason and they got their asses kicked. So I say all that to say this: I don't think there is a right or a wrong answer. I honestly. Don't know. I, I think it makes sense to play in the preseason, but like running backs in the NFL, the preseason mm-hmm. has been so devalued 
that coaches, and I get this, they if to them the risk is of playing in these games that literally don't count. Nope. The risk is not worth it. They get more coaches do nowadays out of joint practices between teams that that are more now the norm in in training camp and the preseason. So I I, I don't know what the correct answer is, quite frankly. Because if because if, if you would have told me if I didn't know this, and if you would have told me that the Pittsburgh Steelers played, uh, you know, their starters played in the preseason after watching what happened to them against the Niners, I yeah. wouldn't have believed you. I wouldn't have believed you. Well, I mean, the, the, I mean, no matter how much you play your starters, if a team is better than you, you don't give a damn how. You could be fucking playing every snap of every single preseason game. If a team is better than you, they're going to whoop that ass. I mean, No, it, no, no. I know that. I'm yeah. just telling you what I saw. Yeah. I, I, you couldn't tell me that they played the preseason. Yeah. They look they 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 were slow. They were, you know, makes, like makes sense. Ta- <laughs> they, well, the, this, okay, so the, the thing is, let's talk about tackling. Yeah, that's the one thing that suffers, and we've seen this now over the past few years. That's the one thing that suffers in the first couple of weeks of the season oh, with man. teams now not playing their starters in the preseason. The tackling is Oof. awful. Guys are not wrapping up. Mm. They're bouncing off of guys they're trying to hit instead of tackle oh. because they they haven't, you know, they, they haven't calloused, uh, you know, their hands, so I, to speak, when I it think comes ta- to tackling tackling, in, in it, tackling in the NFL has been terrible for years. Like, I don't think it's gotten better. I think it gets worse every year. No, no, no. I, I, but my point is, is mm-hmm. that it starts out really bad in the first couple of weeks of the season because mm. guys don't play. Mm. The Steelers couldn't tackle worth a shit. This past Sunday. Now, again, the Niners were better, and and that was evidenced by the way they won the game and the final score. Yeah. But I'm talking about what I saw. If, 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 if tackling in the preseason gets you ready to tackle at the beginning of the regular season, mm. then the Pittsburgh Steelers showed me absolutely <clears throat> no evidence of that. Yeah, I mean, it's and, you know, sometimes it's just not your day. But I, it if, definitely wasn't. <laughs> and And – I also believe that 49er team, um, they were out there on a mission. And there's a lot to be said for a group of men determined to, the, who are already better than you, determined to go out there and and get this thing cranked up at a Oh, team. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sure, and, sure. And they, no. the, the Steelers were not prepared for that shit. They, 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 and they, I, yeah, I'm willing to bet you this too, Rob. but they should have been right. considering they played in the preseason. And I'd be willing to bet you this. They probably didn't respect Brock Purdy. I'm willing to bet money that they did not respect that dude. Well, that, if if they didn't, that was stupid. It is, but I, I just, I just, I feel like I understand some of the mentality of these teams and this kid. They, he's, I think Brock Purdy's probably got another two or three games before people are going, okay, okay, we got to start dealing with this shit because this kid is good. At least, I at mean, least he appears to be. But the kid is good. If they didn't get that. Over the course of his run last year, then that's it's it's that's on you to be late to that party. Well, I think there's this. They think that, and this is pure speculation, and just based on some of the little things that I hear these players say, I think there's still a bit of well, he's in a system that helps and blah blah blah, and he's got all these great players around him, blah blah blah. I'm like, man, y'all should know better than that. That's not yeah, how. I mean, that's they, not they, how this game is played, man. They, you gotta respect they, these dudes. And, you know, that that's something that a a fan would say, or or <clears throat> a, a, something a casual 
observer would say. <clears throat> if you are in this league and you are plugged in and you have assistants to assistants to assistant coaches whose job it is is to know the league and know its players from top to bottom, from starters to third string guys and everything in between. If, if the, 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 there's too much, <clears throat> everybody knows in this league what everybody's doing yeah. for teams, for individuals, individual coaches, individual players, and for teams to be surprised about what a player is doing. That means you're a bad team. Everybody should know everything. Oh yeah. And if you are still, if 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 you are still thinking that Josh Allen isn't turnover prone, or if you're still thinking that Brock Purdy is just a flash in the pan, well then you you need to get better intel. You dig what I'm saying? Yeah, I think because those I, two those two things are absolutely true. I think that Brock Purdy is gonna is probably getting sort of the uh, uh, the Steph Curry treatment. Like it's happening, he's doing it, but you still don't want to believe it. Like that's why y'all keep getting whooped by this dude is because you don't trust what your eyes are seeing. You think that there's some like flash in the pan, fluky shit happening. No, these guys are doing what they do, and you're paying the price by not taking them seriously. That dude has thrown two touchdown passes in every single regular season game he's played. I think we are now at number seven. His quarterback rating is one of, if not the tops in the league since he came in. You know, the, we're just talking regular season games. Mm. Um, and, and so that's counting seven, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, I, you, you, I don't see how this is a fluke anymore. I'm not saying that he's he's the greatest thing in the league. Um, I'm, I'm, but we're all watching this. Yep. <laughs> if, if none of this is making sense to you, well, then you're just not you just don't want to believe it. And I, I, I would hope that that there are not people who work for teams in the NFL who are just that stupid to where they just go. Nah, it's, I'm, it's, this, I'm not buying it just yet. You better buy it before you, you, you get got. His game is so Montana. And I was somebody looked at me like I was crazy. I was like, dude, I, I saw Joe Montana play. I saw every game of Joe Montana's career. This kid. He had he's he's got the same sort of athleticism as Montana, a quick feet, um, really good decision maker, uh, accurate from the short to medium range passes. We'll take a shot at you downfield. Uh, tough as shit, and really really competitive. Like that's a lot. Just the way he even stands back in the pocket and delivers a ball is very Montana. You notice I'm not disagreeing with you. I, I, <laughs> I and and I don't. You know, I'm always careful to not compare dudes to greats, mm -hmm. um, Fair. to legends. But I've I've seen enough, man. Yeah, I've seen enough. You watch him play, watch him play, and then, and then go back and watch some Montana footage if there's any around. They're very, very similar stylistically, very similar. And if this dude is the kind of player, kind of leader who. Uh, galvanizes the team, rallies folks, and makes these cats want to run through a brick wall for them like Joe did, you might have yourself a franchise QB, baby. You know, I've, I've said this. I said this on the, the pregame show, Niners pregame show, one hour before and immediately after Niners football on Woo -woo. NBC Sports Bay Area. Uh, the homies, Carlos Ramirez, Dante Whitner, and myself, 
giving you everything you need to know leading up to uh, the Niners game and immediately after. Make sure you tap in. All right, because I am a corporate man at heart. Okay, you now let's do that. that. You got to do it. Got to do it. Got to do it. Got yes, to do it. Yes, sir. Um, you know, there there was a lot of, of chatter and a lot of discussion about Trey Lance and how the Niners felt about him and how some of the Niners players felt about him and how they feel about Brock Purdy. And I learned this a long time ago from actual NFL players that when players like a guy, and I'm just talking from a football standpoint. Yes. Okay? I'm, not, I'm not talking yeah. about off-field or personal. But I'm talking about purely from a football standpoint. Mm-hmm. If players like a guy, they will tell you. They will literally tell you how much they like him. Yep. If players don't like a guy, if they don't think that he can help them win, they don't think he's doing all the things he needs to do, they won't say it. Yep. They won't talk about him at all. Yep. Now, go back and listen to what they're saying, Niner players, about Brock Purdy. And I'm talking about dudes like Brandon Ayuk. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about a guy like Trent Williams. And they all say the same thing. He's that guy. He, he's that good. He's special. They talk glowingly about him. Putting their name on it, their sample approval on Brock Purdy, they're doing that publicly. They're not doing yep. that for shits and giggles. They're not doing that to pump that dude's confidence up. They're doing that because they believe it. Forget what I have to say. Forget what anyone in the media has to say about Brock Purdy. Good, bad, or indifferent. Listen to Niner players and what they say about about Brock Purdy. Now, if you hear what they say about Brock Purdy and you still don't think that he's their guy, then that's your problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. I, 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 I like the kids' game. I like watching them play. Uh, I think this. Uh, hopefully this continues. But this, this kid seems special. And you bring up a good point about how players – you can tell what players feel about a guy when they speak about him. And this is – I don't know if you watch Hard Knocks. But this is the way some of these cats are talking about Aaron Rodgers. And now it is a rapazoid for that season. Man, what did we talk about a couple of weeks ago? Yes, I, I thought about it. I should sure think about it. <laughs> when you get to your mid-30s and beyond, <laughs> anytime, and I don't care if you're Aaron Rodgers and mm-hmm. he, he's playing a rough-and-tumble sport on the surface at MetLife Stadium that's been killing players' ligaments and tendons for years. Yeah. But my, but the fact still remains. Yeah. You get to your mid thirties and beyond. I don't care who you are. Anytime you engage in a sport, the chances of your Achilles tendon snapping yep. go up to a, a, a number that is almost incomprehensible. It's literally only a matter of time. And mm. for Aaron Rodgers, that matter of time was four fucking plays. It's insane. <laughs> In the oh. NFL season, wow! Mm-mm-mm. And I, I knew it immediately. Mm-hmm. I, I, could, I could just, if it was broken, if you ever broken a bone, that shit hurts. He'd be yeah. writhing around on the ground. Yeah. All right. His ankle would be flopping around. I've yeah. seen broken ankles. I yeah. know what it looks like when it happened. And just the look when he stood up, and then he just dropped down, and he just he he rolled onto his back. I'm like, oh, that's an Achilles. 
you know, but I, I wasn't going to, you know, get on Twitter or anything and, and say mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. but I've, I've, it was an Achilles. And then when they showed that slow motion replay and you saw the pop in his calf, his, yeah, he saw his calf reverberate. Yep. Like, yo, man, that's an Achilles. Yep. It's that's a absolutely wrap. Achilles. <clears throat> it is a rapidly rap. Oh, it's so sad for that team. What a cursed organization. It's the Jets, man. <laughs> cursed organization. It's the Jets. I, I think I told you last week. I was like, I'm. I didn't see Aaron Rodgers snapping a ligament four games into the season, but I'm like, <laughs> I've been alive way too long for the words. You know, I think the Jets could do something this year for that shit to come out of my mouth. They're, they're still the Jets until proven otherwise. Well, I mean, it's gonna suck because if I'm Aaron Rodgers and I'm not, but if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I'm like, you know what? I think this is a sign. Now he on. said he's coming back. Yeah, I, I know he said that. I know he said that, but. You know, one of the things that Aaron Rodgers, even at this advanced age, had is his mobility. And that was really a huge part of his game is, is being a playmaker. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's going to be able to do that coming back from that. And it's going to take him about two years. Like, he's, he's not going to be a Kevin Durant where he's back in uh, 12 months and he's out there balling. Nah. Oh, well, I mean, it, it, yeah. But, you know, nowadays, who knows? Um, you know, it could take two years. It could take one. I don't know. He's there's too much money for him to give up. And you know, Aaron Rodgers. You know, while he 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 has shown himself to be um, <laughs> just a top notch weird guy, mm. he's a competitor, and he don't want to go out like that. So I, I I wouldn't be surprised if he was back sooner rather than later. And man, you know, modern medicine. You know, especially if you got money, and 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 especially if you have a machine behind you. You know, modern medicine has proven to be, you know, almost miraculous mm. in certain regards. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's back sooner rather than later. I think oh, the year is a bit ambitious, um, I, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's back. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's back and he's playing, you know, at, a, at an Aaron Rodgers like level. But again, your, your point is the main one. Man, we mm. just don't know because it's still an Achilles tendon tear. And a 40 year old dude. That's the other thing yeah. that worries me about it. Like, yeah, yeah, if you're if you're in your thirties, then I'm like, yeah, it'll it'll be fine. But I don't know, dude. There's just something about hitting that four. <laughs> when shit just don't do what it used to do. Um, do you got anything you want to hit this before we get out of here? No, I got man. A, I, I got a couple. I think of we covered it. Okay. Let um, me uh, I really want to talk about sort of a combination of things. Kevin Porter Jr. Oh Jesus! Yeah, who 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 smacked around his former WNBA girlfriend? No, he didn't smack around, man. He assaulted that woman. What? An yeah, answer. and broke. I guess he broke her jaw. Uh, I read today that he uh, vertebrae. She broke some vertebrae. Like, what a piece of shit! Yeah, and 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 it's a weird combination that I bring him up as well. Jason Whitlock. Um, I bring okay. this up. Okay, I'm listening. <laughs> well, uh, uh, well, Jason Whitlock. I feel like the Kevin Porter thing, it's actually a, a bigger picture fix. Obviously, Kevin Porter is a trash trash bag. This dude has been doing this type of shit for eons. There's a great, um, there's some great footage of when the Warriors are playing Porter and he was all up on Steph Curry up in his face and it's all this type of shit, trash talking him. And then he's just me mugging him and Steph was just, oh, okay, dude. And then he just put, it, put 40 on him, which is beautiful. <laughs> but... Here's the thing that really interests me about this Kevin Porter thing. They're going to talk about this dude on uh, the NBA Today show uh, on ESPN. And Malika Andrews is going to bring that up. 
And all these Negroes are going to come out of the woodwork and talk about how she shouldn't be just bringing that up. <laughs> because there's something about Malika Andrews doing her job that really bothers a lot of brothers, and I don't know what it is. She she brings up an issue. Why is she bringing it up? Why is she talking? Well, she's a fucking reporter. Like this is part of this person's story. Well, there's this idea that you, and and I, I don't think this is exclusive to black female members of the sports media, because black men get it too. Trust me, I mm. know. Mm. There's this idea that if you are a black person in the media, you should not bring up less than savory stories or ask questions that would bring to light less than savory behavior by black athletes. Mm -hmm. That's just that that's that is just part of the zeitgeist, my man. Like I said, mm -hmm. trust me, I know. Um I, I Malika Andrews has gotten it um and I think also add in the fact that she's a woman because yeah. we are still dealing uh in sports media today where there are men um black, white, whatever, who do not believe that women should be in sports media and asking questions to athletes, mm -hmm. uh, especially tough questions about their off-court behavior. You dig yeah. what I'm saying? Oh, for sure. I believe that it should, especially when you, if you are a draft pick and somehow, some way you fall a couple of slots because people question that behavior, Absolutely, that should be something that comes up in the story. A hundred percent. It's a major part of it. It's like this woman can't bring up anything about any of these cats without everybody going, she should be fired. The other side of that is your boy, Jason Whitlock, who just... I, I, again, how do you get to be my boy? I, well, <laughs> he, no. seems, he seems to hate not just black people, but really black women specifically. He hates and, himself. And after Coco Golf won uh, the U.S. Open, I just knew for a fact, like, at some point, Whitlock is going to pop up, and he's going to say something about her dancing, because, you know, Coco danced, or she's going to say something about her weight at some point, and he's going to talk about how she is too black, and she, I, that's just his MO, and it fucking annoys me. I can't stand Whitlock. Um, I don't know what his deal is. I know he doesn't like black people. But there's something very specific about his hatred for black women that bugs the fuck out of me. Oh, I can give you that answer. Uh, but first, and I'm glad you mentioned her name, mm -hmm. I, I would have kicked myself had we not talked about this. Mm -hmm. yeah. Shout out Coco Golf. Amen. 18-year-old young Amen. lady uh, winning uh, the U.S. Open and uh, beating a, a very good uh, competitor. I was at Azabalinka. Aza um, mm -hmm. Just Coco Golf. Like, had a brother tearing up at work, you know, Ooh, watching it on, uh, on Saturday. Just so beautiful. Man, when she went in the crowd and, and you know, to hug her, her, her family, her people, yeah. you know, hugging yeah. her dad. Like, oh, mm -hmm. my God, stop it. Yeah. Uh, so just yes. a, what, what a beautiful moment, man. And, and you know, with Serena, uh, you know, no longer uh, being a part of uh, the tennis scene, on a, on a yearly basis, the last nineteen year old to win a U.S. Open was Serena. So I, lot, I, just, I love, of, I love lot lot of of young Serena man. in her game. A lot yeah, of young man, Serena just, in the game. Watching I, I, her, I, man. I, oh my gosh! 
I love that we're getting that, man. Mm -hmm. You know, we thought we were going to get that with Naomi Osaka, but she's Mm -hmm. got her own journey. You know, she's she's out there having babies and it's it's great. And I hope she's taking care of her mentals. But shout out Coco Goff, man. That was an absolutely beautiful thing. She deserved that. She's tough, man. She's 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 a hell of an athlete, man. It's a beautiful thing. Now. Uh, now that we got that out of the way, uh, not not that it deserves to be just glossed over, but to get to your question about Jason Whitlock, here's the thing about Jason Whitlock. Jason Whitlock hates himself. Do you know why he hates himself? I'll tell you why he hates himself and why he hates Jason Whitlock, black women in particular, because they won't fuck him. That's why. <laughs> because he's a fat, unfuckable, disgusting human being. That's why. The only way he gets the company of females uh, is it. to pay for it. He Man. hates himself because he knows that all of these women he talks about, specifically black women, mm-hmm. wouldn't touch him for nothing. Mm-hmm. So that's why he's always on that bullshit. It's a very simple explanation. Yeah, the dude. I mean, he just drives me insane in the fact, and of course he's he's their token. So anytime something comes some comes up, well, Jason Whitlock says like. Don't even try to quote you fucking Whitlock. Ain't today. nobody listening to that. Almost said that word that we don't want to say. Ain't nobody <laughs> listening to that. <laughs> well, and it doesn't. It, uh, doesn't it gall you too, Rod? When people uh, of his stature, of his size, talk about other people's weight <laughs> of, of his size. I got you. Yeah, of course. Of, because because he hates himself. Uh, get out of here, dude. Because he out hates of here. himself. That's why. Man, like I said, ain't nobody paying attention to that dude. Just Nobody's a, paying attention to that guy. Fuck just him. Bum. Yeah, I just wanted to bring it up because uh, it's going to happen. And they, uh, and there's something about Kevin Porter Jr. and him beating up the black woman. And then, of course, the black woman's going to mention it. And then dude's going to come out of the woodwork saying she should be fired, this black woman. And Jason Whitlock obviously does his Black woman, it's a weird fucking thing that people feel like these women uh, deserve this, and they can just go after them like this. Yeah, but but again, I, I'll just say this: ain't nobody listening to these people. Okay, so you so you want Malika Andrews fired because she asked a question? You 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 have no control over that. You have yes. no ability to get her fired. So you ain't doing nothing but talking out of the side of your fucking neck. Yes, Jason, uh, we're like ain't nobody anybody listening to him, and the people who do listen to him, they don't matter, and so. Fuck him too. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, just because these people are saying this stuff and 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 it gets amplified to a certain yeah. degree, don't mean that anybody's listening. Yes, you know sir. what I'm saying? Yes, you, you know, all, all these people out here thinking they they stir in the pot, thinking they speaking the truth to power, thinking they're speaking for a, a a group of people, a group of disaffected people. Ain't nobody listening to you. You don't have any power. You don't have any pull. You don't have any sway. You just you're who cares? No one. Amen. Appreciate that shit. All right, we got to close on this, and this is gonna. This is this is fucking fascinating. So we're closing this. We're talking about a, here's another black woman, and uh, some would say her uh, counterpart. Did you hear this? Taylor Swift and Beyonce, USA Today. They're gonna have these women covered as if they are heads of state. They are. They are. Well, they are to a certain extent. <laughs> I mean, it, th- this is the part we got to talk about. They, they are. They are hiring reporters to specifically follow Taylor Swift and Beyonce. J- their only job is to follow these women around and report on whatever it is they're doing 
and their fans. And they're going to be paying upwards to 100 k a year. Well, I mean, it's something we've talked about before, that um, actual real journalism is dead. Entertainment journalism is profitable. Um, and there are no more... The, the, the two biggest celebrities in this country are Beyonce and Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, of course, they would be covered with the same type of importance that you would think an actual um, decision maker, policy maker, an actual person of import would be would be covered <clears throat> like. So I'm, I'm not surprised by any stretch of the imagination that that's, that's a thing um, because... You know them Swifties and the and the and the Bayhive, they, they are massive. Yeah, they are numerous. They are vocal. And here's the thing: they spend money. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's what it is. Right? That's spend what it is. A lot of money to go see Taylor Swift. That's what it spend is. A lot of money to go see Beyonce. These for-profit uh, um, publications. Journalistic publications, whatever you want to call them, um, emphasis on the words for profit. Mm -hmm. They see the consumerism that surrounds Beyonce and Taylor Swift and they go, well, we got to get some of that. Well, how do we get some of that? Wall to wall coverage. Okay, makes sense. Let's go. Hundred thousand dollars to them for somebody to, to cover Beyonce and or Taylor Swift. That's a drop in the bucket. Yeah, I I mean, quite frankly, I mean, at at the outset, people would go, oh, my God, this is so dumb. This is silly. Why they're not. I say, hey, man, when you stop and think about it, particularly from the standpoint where you and I come from, the media standpoint, it actually does make sense because the amount of money, the amount of eyeballs you can get simply by covering Beyonce or Taylor Swift. 100%. Yeah. You're going to sell some papers, baby. It's, it's the cult of personality. Yes, sir. It's, it's the yes, same sir. thing with Fat Boy 45. Yep. You, you, the mention of his name yep. will get the attention. And yep. attention is, is currency in today's media. That's yep. why he's still covered, not because he has any power, yeah. but because his name, unfortunately, rings bells. That's it's the exact right. same thing. That's right. So I'm like, listen, it may seem... Uh, trivial and frivolous and a waste of resources. I guess a lot of people are angry. It is. A lot of people are angry at Gannett because they had they laid off six hundred people just uh, right. recently. And but they I should guess, be. Like I said, I, I, from the business side of it, I get it. I get it. They're gonna sell a shitload of newspapers if they're. Yeah. Some, you got Beyonce story in your thing or Taylor Swift story every day. You gonna sell? Yeah. yeah. You gonna sell? Yeah. You gonna sell? No, this is, that, this is where that we're is going. not surprising to me at all. Especially when you're in the newspaper world where you're desperate to you're desperately hanging on for readers. And if you haven't already gone completely digital, it's it's you have to do whatever you can to survive at this point. Yeah, you're you're, you're not going to get you're not gonna get eyeballs in your publication talking about how libraries around the country are under siege, yeah. you know, from, from right wing assholes. Exactly. You're, you're not you're not going to get people to, to pay attention to your publication. You know, talking about abortion rights or whatever, but you damn sure are going to get a good amount of people to pay attention yep. to what Beyonce is doing, or if Taylor Swift is actually dating Travis Kelsey of <laughs> the, the Kansas City Chiefs. So, you know, it's a changing of the guard. Rod Brooks, I know you got to go and do some show stuff, right? Yeah, man, got to get prepared for uh, another week of uh, Niners football. It is always a pleasure, my man, and it is always a pleasure to have you folks join us on Quality Hang, not just the name of the podcast. As you could tell, 
from uh, the last hour and uh, change of what we've done here. When we get together, indeed, it is a quality hang. Make sure you follow us on all the socials and email us at qualityhangpod at gmail.com. My brother, mm. uh, enjoy the wedding. Uh, yes, Mazel tov, uh, to your brother. I hope this yes. sticks. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll talk next week. <laughs> all right, everybody, be good. Be good at it. We'll see you. Peace.